And I thank God it's the grace of God that's free, that's full, and that's final. You didn't pay a dime for it. And, and he had enough grace to save your hell-deserving and my hell-deserving soul. Every one of us deserved nothing but hell, but God saved us freely and fully. Ain't you glad he don't have a layaway plan? Man, I'm glad he don't make installments. Thank God he done it all. And it's final. The devil don't have a pencil with an eraser big enough to get my name out of the Lamb Book of Life. And half of the religious crowd that thinks I'm too crazy to be saved, I wish that one day they're going to come through the gate shouting and I'm going to stick my tongue out and say, I told you so, amen. It's good to be saved. I ain't going to get over it, amen. I'm glad I'm saved, amen. Let's, let's pray and we'll read our text. Father, we love you today and pray God for the Bible that you'd help us to read the word of God, preaching the power of the Holy Ghost, help us to be mindful of the will of God and the work of God. Help us, Lord, to preach and pray and testify and do everything that you'd have us to do. We pray you bind Satan, uh, demons and devils of hell. God, make it real to every soul that's in this building. For us that's saved, I pray we get a glimpse of Calvary, linger at Calvary, walk around Calvary, and uh, then, Lord, give my heart on the love of God. Help us, Lord, that, that, that there might be somebody that, that's here lost, that every saint would have already minded him and beat down the pathway so some sinner uh, would respond under deep conviction and be saved. Lord, we just pray you'd have your way and do the work that only you can do, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, help us to point them the way and bring them to a place of confrontation and make them come to that place when Holy Ghost conviction will make them turn right and go straight and one day meet with us in glory. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. I want you to turn first, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19. Ephesians 3 and verse 19. I'll read just one verse and then you can be seated. I'm thinking today, preaching on the thought of the love of God that's displayed at Calvary. The love of God. And um, we're going to deal with this phrase that we find in the New Testament three times. The first time we find this phrase, I'll show you the phrase in just a moment, is Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19. Notice with me in your Bible, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled... With all the fullness of God. Brother Oliver didn't know I was going to read the text. When he talked about being filled with the Spirit. Notice the text now. The phrase is the love of Christ. Verse 19. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. How many that are saved want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Can you say amen? Let's pray. You can be seated. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for allowing us to read it. I pray you'd make it alive to us today. Help me, Lord, I pray for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to look today, for Lord to help me, at three times in your King James Bible, in the New Testament, that you find the phrase, the love of Christ. 
We read in our text verse already in chapter 3, uh, verse number 19, the book of Ephesians. We find that uh, Paul says, I want you to know the love of Christ. If we think about the love of God, I, I brought this Bible up here because I, I didn't want to mess it up. I've got it highlighted. My, this Bible here looks like Egyptian hieroglyphics. But I, I've got it highlighted. Here's what it says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because God sent His only begotten Son into the world that, he might, that we might live through Him here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation of... He said, John said this, he said the love of God is manifested at Calvary. If you've ever experienced the love of God, it's because you went to Calvary. If you know the love of God, it's because you believed what took place on Calvary. Hey, if you had experienced and enjoyed the love of God, it's because you hadn't got over what you got a hold of at Calvary. Somebody said, preacher, I remember being on fire for the love of God. I mean, basking in the love of of God and when I first got saved I had zeal and joy and I said what's caused what's happened in your life and the love had gotten cold and it's because of this when sin gets bold in your life the love of God waxes cold in your life that's evident in the Bible I want to fall more in love with God and if I do that I think we're going to have to go by Calvary. You see, preacher, when we get done here and live in glory, the love of God will be past. No. Hey, man, there's one thing that's going to last forever, and that's the love of God. Now, by the faith, hope, and joy in these things, hey, but one day there ain't nothing going to be left but love. Amen. Think about this. In, in the book of Revelation, when you think about the cross and the love of God, the I think it's, if I'm right, I believe it's uh, ten times that the love of God is directly referred to or the cross is directly referred to. You see, the cross is the title to heaven in Revelation 7. It is the center of heaven's government. Amen. In chapter 4 and verse number 2, it is the source of heaven's life. It is the scene of heaven's worship. It is the brilliance of heaven. It is the theme of heaven's song. It is the incentive for us to serve now till we get to heaven. It is the basis of heaven's triumph. It is the subject of heaven's rejoicing. It is the terror of heaven's enemies. When I go by Calvary, amen, and I get a fresh glimpse, I draw strength remembering God's sufferings. I think about the instructions, His loving instructions, His lifelong instructions, His large instructions. I learn from Him. I look to him. I lean on him. But it's because I love him. I didn't even know him. But he loved me. And I know I love him now because I know him now. Amen. Paul said, I want you to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. You see, when we look at this first time uh, that we're going to look at today, uh, Ephesians 3 and verse 19, uh, it shows them the Savior's uh, measureless love. Uh, if you read
read the text, he said, I want you to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and depth, and the height, and to just know the love of Christ with passive knowledge. Somebody said one day, preacher, how could you ever expound the love of God? Well, here's what Spurgeon said. He said, if there's no way, if you could turn all of the skies into paper, amen, and take all the ocean and turn it to ink, there still wouldn't be enough ink and enough paper to write about the love of God. They took his saying and wrote a song. Hey, there's no way I could expound to you everything about the love of God. But if we look at these three times in your Bible, I think we can leave here today. Help. It is a compelling love. Amen. Thank God for the one who gave himself. You see, the love of Christ passeth knowledge. It's because we can't understand why somebody would love us. We know us better than our wife knows us. We know us better than our preacher knows us. And to think that God, who knows the thoughts and the intentions, the attitude and the actions, He knows every word we've spoken publicly, everything we've said privately. He knows things that we've not told nobody. And yet to have Him love us, it's beyond comprehension. Man can't fathom it. We can't understand it. But I'm going to just believe it. I'm going to just enjoy it. The Bible tells me so. Amen. Thank God. Jesus loves me. This I know. I say hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for the love. Amen. The love scripture. Anytime you read about Calvary, it's an expression of the love of God. Amen. Love found its supreme expression at Calvary. You see, on that day, we see man at his worst, but God at his best. I mean, we see him even while Jesus is dying. They're gambling over his clothes. And they're short-sighted. They only see what they can get temporarily. Then they're cross-sighted. You remember that soldier that grabbed his spear and stuck his side? He was trying to figure out whether he's alive or not. And people look at the cross of Calvary with clear, not with clear sight, but with cross sight. And they look at it with short sighted. But ain't you glad one day when the Spirit of God had came to where you're sitting at and the preacher could have been preaching on tithing. He could have been preaching on marriage. But somehow or another, God made it real to you. And the scales came off. And when you used to be short sighted and cross sighted, God let blinded eyes see the truth. And you couldn't explain it, but you chimed in with that old boy from John 9. Hey, I don't know all about him, but one thing I know, I was blind and now I see. Woo! I say amen. Somebody call recess. Thank God for the love of God. I, I didn't even know it all. 
Hey, man, I just knew somebody loved me enough to die for me, and I didn't have to go to hell. All I knew is there's a gap I couldn't cross. That preacher preached about every sin that I'd ever committed. I didn't think, I didn't know who was told on me. They wouldn't even Facebook back then, and I thought somebody had used a private investigator to find everything out. I remember Manny's, Manny's sitting back there, and his daddy and I joined the church at 12 years old the same day just so we could eat the Lord's Supper and I never told nobody and he preached about eating that supper unworthily and I said I never told nobody I didn't even tell Michael that day hey can I just say today it don't matter how far you've gone how deep in sin you've been how long you've watered in it I'm glad there's a love of God that'll reach further down than you can reach up his hands not shorten his ears not heavy call out to him be like the psalmist when you're trying to get out of that pit and if the harder you try the deeper you go in that in that mire and that mud he said I called out and he heard me and he brought me out he brought me up he set me up you can't get a baptism pool throw down in the pit to swim your way out you can't put a name tag on get a 10 speed pedal your way out Y'all know who I'm talking about, amen. You can't stack up enough tracks to climb your way out of it. But ain't you glad one day when you couldn't get out, you was just calling, and he came, and he brought you out. Woo! Lifted you up, set your feet on a solid rock, established your going, and tuned you up, and put a new song in your heart. Even praise to our God. Woo! I'm just glad I'm saved. And I ain't going to get over it neither. Amen. I want to know more about the love of God. I don't want to stay in the shallow waters. I don't even want like getting out there snorkeling territory. I want to put some scuba gear on and go deep in the love of God. I want to get so far out in the deep I can't see the shore, can't feel the bottom because it's out yonder in the middle of the river. Amen, where God's at. That's what the Bible says. I want to be out yonder where you see more river and less of me. Somebody help me. Thank God for the love of Christ. Y'all know the story about Cyrus, that Persian dictator, that king that destroyed and, and uh, took over city after city, even Jerusalem. But you remember old King Cyrus? Old King Cyrus, he, God used him. Boy, God knows how to turn, turn the hearts of kings. But one particular nation in, in the eastern country, historical records tell us this story, that King Cyrus defeated a prince and the, I can't remember the prince's name and, and took the prince and his wife and his kids in captivity brought them in that big hall and, and, and was bringing them out before everybody he was fixing to kill them all and he said I just want to ask you king I want to ask you sir what would you give if I let your children go he said if you let my children go 
He said, uh, I tell you what, if you let, first of all, he said, if I let you go, what would you give? He said, I'll give you half my kingdom. He said, what if I let your kids go? He said, if you let my kids go, I'll give you the whole kingdom. Complete surrender. He said, but let me ask you this. King said, if I let you go, amen, if I let your kids go, but what if I let your wife go? He said, I'll sign myself. I'll give you myself. Hey, he was willing to give himself. He loved his bride so much. Do you know what that king did? That king, according to the historical record, this is what it said about the king. He said that king heart busted. It was like something warm oozed out his heart and he looked at that man and said for somebody, hey man, thank God to love their bride that much that they're willing to give themselves for it. I'm going to give you your kingdom back. I'm going to set your kids free. I'm going to make sure you take it. What I'm saying is he was willing to do it. But we've got, thank God, Paul said it like this. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, for the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, and gave himself for me, woo, he wasn't just willing church, he did give himself, he laid down his life, and so thank God, and set us free he wasn't just willing, he did it, and because he did it it ought to compel us it's a compelling love, it's a love to know. It's a love that compels us to want to live for Him. Would y'all agree with that? Can you say amen? Thank God for that love. I behold Him on the throne. I wonder why would you love me so much? But I sure am glad He did. I can't explain it. Here's, here's the thing that breaks my heart. I find out just how much I love Him after how long? I've been saved for 20-something years. I've been pastoring this church for 23 years. Brother, it's, I've been a daddy uh, for 26 years. Is that right? I can't even remember how old I am. I've been married to my wife this coming, this coming weekend. Man, we're going to be, it's our anniversary. And brother, I've been blessed to be with her. And one of the things that caused me to fall in love with her, I wasn't looking to get married. I didn't want to get married. I was enjoying living a wicked, ungodly life. I thought that's all there was to it. But she loved me, even though I pushed her away, even though I rejected her. Am I right, Randy? Randy went to her and said, if I... I'd leave that sorry rascal. Is that not what he told you? I treated her so bad. He said, I wouldn't put up with that. And man, her love for me broke me down until one day I went to that church that her great-grandpa started. And back there in the back, I mean, the Holy Ghost said, you think your wife loves you. I know everything that she don't know. Oh, God have mercy. I say, he said, I know what she don't know. And I still love you. I can't get over that, church. He loves Loved me and gave himself for me. Woo! Thank God. Oh, Amen. I'm about ready to call recess and shout for 30 minutes. That's a favorite subject in school anyway. Amen. I ate that class. Somebody help me. Amen. Turn over to Romans. Turn to Romans with me. I want to see number two. Amen. If I don't get no, I want you to look at number two. Look at Romans chapter number eight. Here's the another time that we find this little phrase. Hey man, the love of Christ. This love of Christ in Ephesians is a compelling love. This love of Christ in Romans, it's a comforting love. Now, if you've not needed Romans chapter 8, you in 2020, you're probably going to need it 
in 2021. It's going to get, hey, hey, if you thought 2020 was rough, hey, man, think about all the good things that happened in 2020. Hey, man, hey, man, them young guns got saved. Hey, hey, man, as some families got brought into church, hey, man, God's answered your prayer. And while other people around you are losing jobs, losing homes, God gave you a better job, let you keep your job, gave you a better car. I'm about, God help, somebody help me. I need a pinch runner today. Are you going to pray, God in heaven? I'm Run. I'm telling you, I just got one pair of shoes. I got to pick what I want to wear on Sunday. I'm telling you, God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I'm, tell, I'm about half excited because I think I can't stand unshined shoes. And they, they done got so good now, they make them shiny. I say amen. I say glory to God. If you've ever been in the army, you'll shout about having them come this way. Somebody help me. I say amen. I mean, God's good to us, church. Man, I'm telling you. I, Randy said it like this. He said, man, this... Uh, this downturning economy, he said, it's hurt me. I've gained three pant sizes. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the Lord meeting our need. Amen. Now look with me right here. You're going to need this. Look at Romans chapter number 8. Another time that we find this phrase we're looking at on the love of Christ. Look what it says in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 35. Who shall separate us? Here it is. From the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine, nakedness or pearl or sword. Hey, listen, I'm talking about wow. Hey, man, he took us over there to Romans. And Paul is writing to the believers there at Rome. He's telling them, hey, this kind of love is a comforting kind of love. It's a consoling kind of love. And it don't matter what tries to tear you apart. If you look at verse 35, there are difficulties that we all face. Every one of us face tribulation. We all face distress. There'll be times you get persecuted. There's times I've not experienced this yet, but it may come that we go through a famine. I'm still not worried. If there's one moldy biscuit and half a can of sardines, I'm going to be eating on one of them. Amen. I know that God's going to take care of me. I can quote you some verses, but I'll just tell you this. He ain't going to see the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Somebody help me. Is that Bible or not? Am I in the King James Bible? I'm telling you, God, amen, hallelujah. It's one thing to give away hot dogs on Monday night. It's another thing when you get to give canned foods, Bibles, and tracts. But it's a whole other thing when they come on Monday night and you give them milk, fresh milk, and cereal, and bologna. Somebody say amen. I said bologna. Y'all didn't catch it. I said bologna. Y'all catch it. And liver mush. If you're from the south, you ought to shout about liver mush. On Monday nights. They get it gave away. Are y'all listening? I'm talking about homeless can have some good eating. How does God do that? I still ain't. Have you ever fit? I don't know how it happens. I'm just telling you God takes care of them because he takes care of us. I don't know if y'all getting it. Let me back. Brother Bob McCurry, good friend of mine. We prayed for him. Y'all understand. Thank God he's doing good. Still can't find no cancer. Cancer eat up. Pray. Next day, another scan, no cancer. Y'all say it was an accident. 
Maybe. If somebody in here might believe that, I don't think I'm around that crowd. I'm around a crowd that ought to shout, amen. Amen, preacher, amen. That's ex Thank you, amen. That's exactly right. I I'm excited about it. I love what Bob McCurry said. Woo! I tell you what Bob McCurry said. He said, God's going to take care of me. He said, he's on a plane, and they was a, it got turbulence and got to rocking, and that lady looked over at him, and she said, My, ain't you scared we're going to go down? He said, no. Nah. He said, this man called me. He said, God laid me on his heart. I'm fixing to go preach a meeting, and God's going to take care of you, ma'am, because he's got to get me to go preach. Amen. Hey, hey Y'all know I'm right. I got Bible for it. First chapter of Second Thessalonians. Only he who now leadeth will let until he be taken out of the way. The Holy Ghost is keeping the devil at bay, keeping wickedness at bay just enough because we're here. You wait till the church gets gone. And the, amen. It's going to be hell unleashed on this earth. I'd get saved today. If I didn't know it, I'd nail it down today. Everybody say amen. Romans chapter number 8. They're going through some difficulties now. I'm talking about difficulties. But look at the forces. Not just what they're facing in difficulties. Look what they're facing in forces. Look what it said in verse 38. He said, I'm persuaded neither death, uh, nor life, uh, nor angels, uh, nor principalities. What do we wrestle against? Not flesh and blood. Is that what, ain't that what the Bible says? Hey, man, we do wrestle. Ren. Ren. In wrestling, every muscle and tendon is active, ain't it? I mean, you, every, it's a hand-to-hand it's a -hand combat. We're not wrestling with the powers of darkness from a long distance. We're, we're in hand to, I don't know if y'all getting this. What I'm saying is, we're in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Are you going to lay down on the fight or are you going to step up to fight? Somebody help me. I'm telling you, God help us. Hey, there's forces coming against the church. But no fear, church. No fear. It's 2021. We got a nut in the White House. And don't fear. Don't fear. Because the Bible says, hey, I'm persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor thing to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us. What did that say? What does it say? What does it say? From the love of God. Which is in Christ. I'm so safe. I'm so secure. I'm so settled because I'm in Christ. I'm great God in heaven. I say hallelujah. Amen. If the start market crashes, I'm going to shout her out because God has it under control. Amen. Y'all know I'm right. Amen. Thank God. I'm going to put it to you like this. Preacher, is it comforting? Yes. No matter what, things come my way. Difficulties. Tribulations, trials, persecutions, no matter what powers come against us, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. This is a comforting love. Hey, man, thank God for Calvary. Hey, man, thank God he revealed it there. Amen. I love the, I love the word of God. I think about this when, when we look in Romans in chapter number 8, we find out just what kind of shepherd he is. You see, he's a good shepherd. Amen. Give us his life for the sheep. He lays down. He, he put it to you like this. He is the captain of your ship. Now, if you've ever been on a ship, 
as Brother Linder has, and you out so far that you can't see no land, you can sell on pretty good, read your Bible, lead other people to the Lord, write down verses in a hardback Bible that's going to come back to you how many years later? About 25 years later when he I mean, from a Navy ship. Y'all don't think that's a big thing? I think that's a pretty big thing. God brought it back to him. He found it in a metal building. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, what could give him such comfort that in the middle of shooting rounds, amen, in the, in the middle of being in a battle on a battlefield, that he could just sleep at night, that he could get comfort from the... I'll tell you what it was. He trusted in the navigating capabilities of the captain on board. <laughs> Y'all ain't getting it. Y'all ain't getting it. I'm saying, yay, Lord, I hope y'all get with me. I'm fixing to bust a gut in here. Y'all with me today? I'm talking when, when you got saved, it was all inclusive. Are y'all with me? I was all inclusive. Everything's included. Like that old boy, saved his money all his life, go on a cruise, got on the cruise. He packed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Because he didn't think he'd have enough money to eat the meals. He's just glad to be on board. Three days out, his sandwiches is gone. His stomach's grumbling. He's seeing people come from the dining hall with plates full of lobster and steak. He gets hungry and says, sir, can I have your leftovers? He says, son, why do you want leftovers? He said, don't you know, when your ticket got paid for, it was all inclusive. <laughs> Whoa! I say amen. Y'all sit around, I'll shout for everybody. Hey, church, when you got saved, it was all inclusive. Amen. It is love that got me on the boat, but this thing's a battleship, say amen. It's a battleship, but we can trust the navigating capabilities of the captain and sleep like babies. Am I right about that? Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all turn over with me to the last one. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Amen. I'm hung up on what Ken Linder told me a while ago. I, I wish I had liberty. I just can't share it with you. But I'm going to tell you, when you get saved, <laughs> woo. When you get saved, it'll let you realize how free you are. Even though you're his servant, how free you are in service. This is a, a love that I got a hold of at Calvary that day. It was manifested that day when I went on my knees to Calvary. And uh, it's a love that's a compelling love in uh, Ephesians. It's a comforting love in Romans in chapter 8. But look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and let's see the, the last time it's mentioned in the King James Bible. Here it is in verse 14. For the love of Christ constraint. It's a compelling. Hey man, compels us to know more. How I want to know more. About. If, you, if, if a service is so dead that you turn to that King James song book we got. A red church back handle, somebody help me. If you turn to that, get to page six, and I want to know more about my Lord, and it's still dead, we need to just shut the service down. Because that right there ought to stir everybody up. Say amen. I mean, it's a compelling to know more about the love of God. And I thank God it's comforting. That love of God has us secure, and nothing shall separate us from that love of God. But think about this. It's a constraining kind of love. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 14 and 15, this constraining love affirms to us the irresistible appeal. Now, now don't get nervous. Amen. Some Baptist people get nervous when you lose it. use that word irresistible. But here, here's where it gets irresistible. Because when you get saved, Paul said like this, verse 14, the love of Christ constraineth us. Notice that ETH, that's perpetual. Love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Did y'all see that? Paul said it like this. This word constraineth, it carries the idea of being a lot. It carries the idea of being in a straitjacket. The only thing I'm let out of the straitjacket to do is to do what God wants me to do. Paul said, the love of Christ straitjackets me so that I constraineth me so that I realize that because I was dead and then he come and died in my place and I got to live again, that I got born again, I got washed in his blood. Now that I'm alive, my life's not my own. I'm constrained. I'm straightjacketed to live for the love of God and do what he wants me to do. Amen, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live, thus does it save, should not live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. It's a constraining love. Now, you say, preacher, what are you talking The devil drives you to do some things, but Jesus constrains you by love and gratitude. The devil binds you with chains of slavery, and your sin controls you, manipulates you. When you don't want to drink, you do drink. When you don't want to smoke pot, you do. When you don't want to do a line, you do. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, you'll shout the victory. And I'm talking about when your mind wants, when you don't want to think evil, you do think evil. Young people get saved young. Get saved at an early age. So you don't have to live with all that mess that's in your mind. Get saved at a young age. You don't have to wrestle this flesh. You're going to have a little wrestling anyway. But we have opened up so many doors. We're trying to hold the door shut. And uh, y'all know I'm right. You still in the same flesh I am. This flesh is wicked. Ain't you glad one day? I say it all. Ain't you glad one day God's going to shuck you like a corn cob, throw the hairs away, throw the worms away, throw the husk away, and just be golden corn or kernels, juicy and fat. Somebody say amen. I'm glad I'm saved. Amen. Woo! Amen. I want to live my life with gratitude. Here's because he died for me, because he was buried, because he rose again. I want to live for him, brother. Love. See, the devil binds me with chains. But Jesus draws me with cords of love. Amen. The, ins the love of Christ is the inspiration that makes me, it inspires me to want to live for God. See, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Why would you be good to a child that constantly does your own? Because you love that child. Isn't it amazing? We run around on Jesus. Let's put it in plain English. We run around committing adultery. That's what James says. 
I'm still in the book, James 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. No, amen. Is that right? No, you're not. The friendship of the world is an enmity against God. We're cheating on Jesus, and he just keeps being good. And that's why we can't help it. The love of God about buckles. That's when we come in church. Some little kid gets up saying, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible. And we back here about to fall on our, you know why? Because God's been good and we've been bad. Hey, man, thank God. We ought to be shouting. Instead, we're pouting. We ought to be, thank God, leaping. Instead, we're curled up in the corner. Act like our world's over. Hey, Jesus saved you. Your name's in the Lamb Book of Life. Hell will never be a home. Glory to God. We're heaven bound with a hey, hammer down. We ain't turning around. Got good folks all around. Amen. Somebody help me. That's right. Oh my. Listen. Think about this, a story I read. It might have been Ivor Powell. Can't remember. Might have been F.W. Borum. He wrote about Cromwell. And, and Cromwell, as y'all know, was religious, uh, but he was also a leader in the military. And he had a young soldier. Never did, they didn't pin down. <laughs> Knowing the end of the story, it's really a spiritual blessing. They never pinned down on any record <laughs> what he is guilty of. It's as if he never done it. Y'all, just let me enjoy it. Amen. Hallelujah. But they're fixing to charge him. And here they had curfew. And they had a big bell up in a 20, I think he said 25 foot tower. And when that curfew bell rung, they were going to execute that boy by firing squad. He had committed a, a offense that was going to be, it was it's unpardonable. He was going to have to die because of what he did. But what the tragedy was is his fixing to get married to a beautiful young lady. And she, she was, the book I read says she was high born. She was a place of nobility. And she was well respected. Used her influence. Could not get him to stay the execution. Tried, tried to bribe. Couldn't get him to stay the execution. Nothing she did. Using political gain. Oh, somebody help me. I wish y'all could see what I say. Hey, couldn't do nothing, Brother Tony. They's going to kill that boy. Unpardonable. So what she did, she climbed 25 foot up in the tire. Leaped out off of them braces. Grabbed a hold of that little knocker. And when that man tried to ring that bell, it banged her against it. Her eyes is bloody. She is bruised up, holding on for dear life. And she, he tried his best, put all of his weight, and it just beat her and beat her and beat her. Amen. Hey, man, Cromwell heard about it, and he said, anybody that has somebody love them that much. He said, I'm going to pardon him and let him go free. And that, that woman was scarred. Hey, man, she had scars forever because she loved her great God. Are y'all listening to me? I'm talking about, hey, judgment was passed. Justice was fixing to be carried. It's like mercy and truth. That don't even make sense. I hope I'm preaching on Psalms 100 tonight. That don't even make sense how mercy and truth could be on the same page. I, I mean, truth says, kill. Mercy says, hey, you don't have to worry about it. I'm going to let you go. Hey, but God don't sidestep justice. But mercy and truth kissed each other at Calvary. That's what the psalmist said. 
<laughs> Woo! Mercy said, I'm going to take all of your guilt, put it on Jesus. And the truth is, he died for you because he loved you. And mercy and truth kissed each other. Oh, man, thank God judgment was passed on Christ for your sake. I'm so glad I'm saved today. I'm talking about he hung, suspended between heaven and hell so your pardon could be realized. Amen. Y'all agree with that? I believe that 100%. I say amen right there. It's true. That old boy's pardon. That, man, that lady gave, was willing to give her life, but she didn't have to. Jesus laid down his life. I'm, I'm teaching in Sunday school class on five downs of Jesus. Football gives you four. Jesus gives you five. Amen. He looked down, but I'm glad he came down. I ain't gonna tell you the rest. I gotta spoil the truth for my young people. But hey, he looked down, saw there's none just, there's none righteous, they all went astray, there's none that doeth good. Is that not Bible? That's what the Bible says. But then he came down. <laughs> oh God, ain't you glad he came down? For what the law could not do, and that it was weak to the flesh, God sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin the flesh, that the righteousness of the law, which is what he demands, might be fulfilled in us. Oh, I'm so glad that he thank God he didn't just pay my sin debt. He let his righteousness be imputed on my account. Oh my God, I'm just as righteous in the eyes of the Father as Jesus is. I can't get a hold of that. I say hallelujah for him loving us. Amen. Thank God. Amen. I remember one time my mama said, Son, my daddy used to say this. If you didn't preach so hard, your socks were sweaty and your shoes got untied. And you wasn't preaching. Well, I don't know if I was preaching, but my shoes got untied. I wished I could preach it harder. I wished I could preach it truer. I wish there's some way I could expound it more. But here's what I want you to understand. It don't, if God can save me, he can save you, I promise you. If you just knew what's in this mind of mine and know that God saved me and then let me be a preacher and pastor of people and, and blessed to have three generations in this building that I've had the privilege to say get saved. Brother, if God done that for me, he can do it for anybody in here. Oh, I'm telling you, God loves you. God loves me. Ain't you glad he loves us? It ain't just what he does, it's what he is. God is love, amen. And it's amazing that God, because holiness is the center of all that he is, and he didn't sidestep holiness to love me. But what his, <laughs> y'all catch this, what his holiness demanded, his love accomplished. Somebody say amen. He demanded holiness, and his love accomplished it for me. It's all God's people say. You say, preacher, give me one final illustration. I appreciate you asking. Turn to Leviticus. Amen. Let me give you one more. Miss Victoria's coming. She's going to be sitting up there getting ready. Maybe she'll sing that song. Amen. That we don't want to ever let her leave without singing. Amen. <laughs> Turn your Bibles over to Leviticus chapter number 8. I want y'all to see this. Now, I think here's the perfect Old Testament illustration. Because you know and I know 
God has gave us the New Testament concealed in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Old Testament revealed. It's all connected. All scripture is given by. I love the shadows and types and, and four pictures of it. It's in this Old Testament. And uh, man, it's all I can do not to preach on them every Sunday. But I, I love this. Look at Leviticus chapter number 8, verse 23. Here's the ram of consecration. The blood, the male, the male sheep, or just, the male lamb, the ram, has, has laid down his life. And notice what, you, what this says. Verse 22, the ram of consecration is going to be setting aside the priest. And as Baptists, we believe in the priesthood of believers and all God's people say it. We believe in the individual priesthood. We don't have to go through some father dressed like a mother hiding behind chicken wire. Y'all, I need to, hey, man, I'm going to get hung up. We ain't Episcopalian around here. Somebody help me. We ain't Protestants. We didn't have nothing to protest. We ain't never been a part of the Catholic Church. Is everybody okay? My dog tags say Baptists on them. Amen. Just, <laughs> woo! I don't know. Somebody might hear that on the radio and they need to hear it. Amen. But no, notice what the Bible said in Leviticus chapter 8, verse 23. And he slew it, and Moses took of the blood of it and put it on the tip of the right ear and, the, and upon the thumb of the right hand and upon the great toe of the right foot. Is that what it said? He said, listen, to be used in service, I need your ears cleansed with blood consecrated with blood so you can hear God. I need your right, I need your hand, the right thumb is the power, right hand. I need the thumb of your right hand. <laughs> I need that so your work is consecrated. I need the, I need the big toe on, on the right covered with blood so your walk will be, con am I right about that? Consecrated to service. Let me put it like this. You hear, notice most people Try to lean in with the right ear unless they got bad hearing. But uh, you can't hold a spear and fight for God if you ain't got a thumb. Try it out. You can't stand stable if you don't have a big toe. Am I right about this? He said, look, I want you to be able to stand. I want you to be able to war for me. And I sure want you to listen to me. And, and if you're going to do that, you need cleansed by the blood. But we still, how do we do it in ourselves? And so that's answered, I believe it's in verse 30. Here's how he answers it. He said he's going to put oil on it. <laughs> Y'all sit there a <laughs> minute. That's a picture of the Holy Ghost. You see, it's the blood that cleansed me, but it's the Holy Ghost that enables me to hear God's words, to work for God, to walk for God. You won't know why God can use anybody. Hey, man, because it's the same blood that cleansed me can cleanse you. And it's the same Holy Ghost that anoints me can anoint you. I'm so glad. Ain't you glad he anoints us and empowered that blood? It's a picture of what Jesus' blood would do in 1 Peter 1. Hey, man, and what the Holy Ghost would do in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It's the Holy Ghost that enables us. Am I right about that? So you've been bought with a price. Therefore you ought to yield your body. A willing sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let the love of Christ constrain you. Let the love of Christ compel you to know more. Let the love of Christ comfort your heart. Three times talks about this phrase, amen, about the, Christ, the love of Christ. Thank God for this love of Christ. Ain't you glad he loved me? Ain't you glad he loved you? Brother Jared, I'm glad he loved my boys. Amen, I'm glad he loved them. 
But I'm going to tell you, if you think there's somebody that's too far gone outside the love of God, all you got to do is look up here at your preacher and realize I was shocked that God was going to let me pastor a church in Landrum because when I had ruined my testimony in Polk County, here's where I went to party at. And I'm still running into people who says, I can't believe you're a preacher. I said, me neither. I can't even believe he saved me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But brother, it's been the great best, pl I don't regret a mile. I thank God for what the love of Christ has comforted me. The love of Christ has compelled me and constrained me. And I want to know more about him. I want to ask you today. Let's all stand heads bowed and eyes closed.